Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be diving into the legacy bequeathed to us by our parents, how to sort out what is worth keeping, and how to discard the rest. The early years of human embodiment are a bit like entering the military as a new recruit. You're in a line, linear time, with a bag. As you move through the line, you're handed, in what is supposed to be a logical order, all the things you should need in a usable, if not new, condition. Throughout basic training, the first 12 to 15 years of our lives, questions may arise, but we rarely get satisfactory answers. Orders get barked, and we need to follow them without question. Questioning causes consequences, and we're given many different challenges to meet with occasional breaks for fun and morale boosting. Well, often it's not as bad as that, although for some people their experience was exactly that, or even worse. However, no matter how skilled or not parents are, childhood is about getting all the physical, social, mental, and spiritual equipment we need in order to launch ourselves into life. It's only once we're in the field, when we begin to use what we've been taught and make decisions on our own, we come to realize how well or how poorly we've been prepared for things. Thinking militarily, we may find we've trained for alpine situations but end up in the salt flats. We could have come prepared for search and rescue only to find ourselves in a boardroom having to negotiate treaties. Whatever we're given, taught, and learned during childhood, the legacy our parents bequeath to us is what we have to work with as adults. However, it can sometimes be hard to comprehend we're not stuck with these things. We can trade in the jungle camo for desert gear. We can upgrade our skills so we're able to do something more to our liking. Or we can ditch it all and do something other than military service entirely. We already know we're able to learn since we've spent the past 12 to 15 years of our life learning, and we've been learning new things ever since. The challenge comes in allowing ourselves to become our own best parent and giving ourselves permission to craft, weave, and create our own legacy. To do this, it's important to become fully aware of the legacy we've been bequeathed by our parents. We inherit things in three main categories. Physicality, social and behavioral structures, and survival programming, or what's usually called, this is how the world works. All of these are interconnected and interdependent, so it's not the easiest thing to separate them out practically at first. Working to heal something or release something can be like a magician pulling a handkerchief from his pocket. More and more just pop out as he pulls in a never-ending connected string. However, if you allow yourself to experience this as a feature, as a means of helping you identify, sort through, and make choices about each colored square of fabric in turn, this changes what seems like an impossibly overwhelming process into a step-by-step -step roadmap for success. Let's take each of these categories and see what we're working with and what can be done with it. Physicality. The human bodies our souls interconnect with are created from a generic mix of at least two other beings. These can be our biological parents, 
donors of biological material, sperm or egg, or we now have the scientific capability to combine genetic material from more than two human beings to create a child. Whatever the source is, from this combining process, we receive our race, genetic predispositions, sex, ancestral lineage, epigenetic and behavioral deficits or assets from previous generations, physical attributes, intelligence, potential aptitudes, and even socioeconomic status. This is in part why we, as souls, spend so much time designing and preparing for the life we're about to embark on, somewhat like preparing for a NASA mission. We need all of these people's genes to combine in such a way we receive the type of body which will allow us to achieve all the goals we have for ourselves. It's a bit like car shopping. Some people need a stripped-down, completely basic, just-get-me-from-here-to-there model, and so they try their best to avoid the car salesperson who wants to sell them a lemon. Others want the Ferrari, which is going to allow them to do things with ease and precision, but means they'll have to react to everything, and the slightest twitch could cause a spin-out. This is the part of our parents' legacy we, as souls, have the most control over and are able to plan for the most thoroughly. While nothing in physical embodiment is 100% guaranteed due to its inherent magical chaos as well as each individual's free will, for the most part, we're able to know what body our parents will produce for us and we're able to support it during gestation. Within this body we've integrated into are rich, nuanced systems for communicating our soul's wisdom, warning us when we're off base or have not yet learned something, and supporting us in avoiding things we don't need to learn or take on. Because of this, we have the ability to enhance what is positive about it, release what is negative, and sort through what we've been handed by our ancestors so we know in which of those bins to put each piece. The difficulty comes in knowing which is which. Common wisdom says we could figure out the answer from the top down, using our mind to identify and solve the problem our body is posing. However, the answer to working with our physical legacy is rarely found in willpower, energy work, getting our heads around things, or finding the right practice or tool. Instead, it's most effective to listen to the practical wisdom of our body. It is, after all, the expert on body matters, and the primary means by which our soul experiences and interacts with, well, everything. What can seem like something broken might instead be a lesson, or a means to get us to stop doing something which is the opposite of our best interest, or even a sign pointing us to the answer we've been searching for all along. So, the key to dealing with this legacy is to do what we avoid most at all costs. Ask for directions, listen to the information, then act on it. For enhancing, releasing, and sorting, start with something physical which is a bother. I usually suggest choosing something small, discreet, or lower down on the priority list. This is because having a huge emotional charge about something makes us target the answer we want rather than listening to the real answer and so is self-defeating. Once you've picked something, do whatever works best for you to get into a meditative state. This should be relaxed, 
not forced, and should leave you in your body and attentive to it, somewhat like Shavasana at the end of a yoga class. Have paper and a pen near you to jot things down. Then ask your body about this thing you've chosen to work on. You can do so in your mind or out loud, whichever works best for you. The answer will usually come rather quickly. It may be a visual, a knowingness like an idea just appearing in your mind, an urge to do something, or a physical reaction. If you can safely act on this information in the moment, do so. Write down what response you get. This may be a light bulb moment where everything becomes clear, or it might be something which takes several steps to make sense. Often, ancestral trauma, legacies of abuse, and negative family behaviors can be released from your DNA using this method. The next category is social and behavioral structures. No matter how perfect our parents or guardians are, they're human beings who are living their own embodied lives. They will screw up, misunderstand, do exactly the wrong thing at the wrong moment, and leave a mark which gives us character. They will also, as most humans do, think one thing and live something else. Hence the saying, do what I say, not what I do. Parents raise us in family structures. These might be based on necessity, on opportunity, or their need to cope with and heal from their own family structure. This is what most people are actually referring to when they speak of the legacy they received from their family. It's the role they were given within the family, the schools they were sent to, the religion they were raised in, the table manners, means of dressing, and expectations placed on them when they were growing up. It's common for people to have good memories from this process, which can be pulled up on request. Often they're contextual, like when a certain smell triggers a strong memory, or someone tells a story and your brain retrieves something similar from your childhood which forms connection between you. It's notable when we don't have memories from this part of our legacy. Lost months or years speak to our body's ability to help us survive by shunting things away until we're ready and able to process them. From our teens into our 20s and even 30s, life prods us into dealing with using all of this to build our own unique life. We are constantly being offered choices of whether or not we will be like our parents, heal our issues through marrying a version of one or the other of our parents, or even recreating our family function and dysfunction so we can achieve a different outcome. Unfortunately, our ways of doing this are usually less than optimal and seem to double, triple, and even quadruple down on our problems. In reading soul books, I've found we rarely intend to spend our entire lives dealing with this type of legacy. It may be among the lessons we're meant to work through, but usually not the only or even the primary one. So, what can be done? Awareness is the place to start. Most people have so much knowledge about the details concerning their family, their family issues, and how they're affected by it all, they don't need to go on an archaeological dig to find more. However, this knowing usually comes from their parents' or family perspective, making the individual at the bottom in the hierarchy of all the participants involved. Changing this hierarchy, making themselves first, can initiate true awareness. 
If you come first, if your needs, wants, and requirements for happiness are the starting point for things, then the entire landscape of your life can look different. This can seem upside down and backwards at first, often because the family dynamic has worked very hard to make sure this is the case. Sometimes it's difficult to get this sort of perspective for yourself, so there are a number of ways to get support in doing so. Soul retrieval, craniosacral therapy, talk therapy, rebirthing or healing ceremonies, meditation and spiritual retreats can help us retrieve our own unique perspective or even missing pieces of ourselves. EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, healing journeys, sound bathing, and working with energy and akasha can help us rewrite the narrative formed from our childhood, heal the hurts, and rewire our body so we no longer carry an unhealthy burden. From a self-aware perspective, it can be easier to recognize practically that you are a piece of divinity, and your prime directive is to nurture it. This can allow you to walk away from your parents' legacy, like a dragonfly emerging from its no longer needed nymph body. And then, there's survival programming, or this is how the world works. The legacy most difficult to heal is what I sometimes refer to as the apps. These are things we're programmed with from age 0 to 3. Imagine each person is like a new smartphone. We take it out of the box, turn it on, have it update to the most current OS, and then it's a blank slate waiting to be told what to do and even be. Then the apps get installed. All of these integrate, hopefully seamlessly, with the OS, giving the phone the capabilities we want. While these are programs which can be installed or uninstalled, once they're activated, the OS simply sees them like a limb it can use. The more opposable thumbs, the better, as it were, until they conflict with each other and cause a crash. Apps are meant to be a part of the background, so the phone can focus on the data it's processing. The data is then available to the consciousness of the phone, and the apps are running in the background. As children, our apps get installed, and we don't keep much, if any, conscious memory of them. We don't remember what it was like to learn to walk. We rarely care about when and how we learn to focus our eyes. Our parents might remind us of our first word, but we don't have many or any memories of a time before speech or what it was like to learn it. Hot, cold, up, down, all installed as apps. This is also when we learn the things we need to know in order to survive the world or our parents' version of it and even our parents themselves. This is where we learn some of the most core-defining things about ourselves. It's where we're taught not to ask for what we want, that emotions are weakness, being angry and screaming is the only way to get attention, being quiet is the only way to be safe, and much, much more. During these years, we're forming our core self, and this includes a heavy dose of survival traits and parental legacy programming. One of the easiest ways to know if something about you is an app which has been installed is to catch yourself saying, that's just the way I am. This phrase is both an acknowledgement that something about you is not the way you want it to be, while pointing out that it's also an app which has been fully integrated into your operating system 
and has become part of your core sense of self. Another is recognizing behaviors which are self-sabotaging. Self-sabotage is heartbreaking because it's not something we do consciously. It happens behind the scenes as if on autopilot, and we're not even aware we're setting things in motion until we're so far along it's obvious. The sabotage stems from apps which are installed in order to help us survive. However, we no longer live in the situation they were meant to help us through. Therefore, they have transformed from a solution into a terrible problem which is preventing us from moving forward. Like our physical legacy, these apps often will not respond to our logical mind or our will and desires. They're running underneath this conscious data in our survival systems of fight, flight, and freeze. They're in our limbic system, where our brainstem or lizard brain, our spinal cord, and nervous system are keeping the OS up and running. But they can be uninstalled, and like our social and behavioral legacy, the first step is awareness. Like with the body, first locate one of these apps, you know, something small, discreet, or low on the priority list. Something which you can bear to think about or consciously look at for more than a heartbeat or two without collapsing. Something which is a repeated pattern of behavior or something just the way you are, which you know is holding you back. Once you've picked something, do whatever works best for you to get into a meditative state. This should be relaxed, not forced, and should leave you in your body and attentive to it somewhat like Shavasana at the end of a yoga class. Have paper and pen nearby to jot things down. You won't need to ask your body about it. Just focusing your awareness on it will start so much information, energy, and emotions flowing, you'll have plenty to work with. Note what physical sensations you have, what information you get, what urges you have, and so on. Be gentle with yourself, graceful, patient, and unhurried. Apps are potent things which are highly reactive and protective. The more you can hold them with respect, the easier things will go. Once you've located the app, creating an awareness of and relationship with it, you can then begin to uninstall it. This can be immensely challenging for any individual because it means changing our core sense of self. It means while we will keep our memories of everything we've been and experienced, we'll be relinquishing old programming which says, I am this. So we can take on a new application which supports us in being something else. This type of healing can happen spontaneously through a dark night of the soul a traumatic or triggering event, or something which brings on spiritual awakening. It can also be damaging when it comes this way, and take years or even decades to work through to its conclusion. For those who want to heal the legacy of survival programming, I recommend working consciously with a healer, life coach, or therapist who is trained in somatic therapies. These are practices where the practitioner is not attempting to have you remove something, release or empty out, but instead to help you recognize the uninstall program already exists inside you and support you in activating it. Ayurvedic or indigenous healers are often well-versed in supporting people through this type of process. 
Life coaches or therapists who have trained in somatic experiencing or integrative psychology are usually well-versed in the process as well. Please note, this type of deep core issue healing requires a good fit between both parties, and one size most definitely does not fit all. If a healer, coach, or therapist isn't a good fit for you, let them go with thanks and keep looking. In the end, the legacy of our parents, caregivers, and ancestors is often a mixed bag. It includes strengths and wisdom, along with failings, problems, and possible tragedies. We have the ability to sort out which is which, keep what we want, and discard the rest. Doing so not only clears the way for us to walk our spiritual path in this life, it often is the path we're meant to walk. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be looking at all the good things that are coming up for us in 2020 and how we can consciously and actively participate to get the most out of it. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can find all of my offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.